gift of new things. Isn't that awesome? God gives us the gift of new things. And I know we think about that and we go, okay, that just means, you know, God is with us and he's constantly doing new things for us. But no, it's so much more than that. It's so much more than just God giving us something new. Right? It's so much more than that. And we're going to look at the scripture today. Lots of scriptures about how God is the God of new things. Right? It's so awesome that he gives us more than we ever could could deal with. I mean, more than we need, he gives, and he keeps giving, and he keeps giving. He gives us new things, and when we say new things, we mean like new, new things. Not just new things, not just stuff, but, but new, new things. Things that will never wear out, or grow old, or rust, or mold. Have you ever eaten something fresh? Anybody ever had a chance to eat something like right out of the garden? Probably have. If you have a garden, or you know somebody who has a garden, probably have. If you go down to the farmer's market, maybe it's kind of fresh or close to being as fresh as possible. But to eat something that's right fresh, right off the vine, is just, it's just different than eating something that, like, if you go to Walmart, you know, and it came from Florida. It's been in a truck, handled by people. A month later, it's on the shelf, and you buy it and eat it. You know, you know I just made that sound gross, didn't I? So. <laughs> Uh, but, but, you know, it's not bad, but it's not fresh either. Uh, when, when, when I lived in Buffalo, we, uh, we knew where all the cherry trees were. And, and we would, <laughs> me and my buddies, we'd go climb on a roof. We'd climb in a cherry tree. And we would just sit there for hours and eat cherries till we were sick. And these were good cherries, like humongous cherries. Like, like so red, they were like purple and like black, like perfectly ripe. And we'd just eat them until purple stuff came out of us. It was just, we just ate and ate. It was just amazing. And we, we had a cottage in Canada, and in Canada, uh, there was, a, our neighbor had this huge farm, and he had, he grew tomatoes, and we would eat tomatoes right off his plate. He'd let us go over there and pull them right off his plant. We'd sit on our pickup truck tailgate and just eat with a little bit of salt, tomatoes. Oh my gosh, it was so good. When I lived in Colorado, um, yeah, Got around a little bit. I uh, lived in Colorado. I installed, uh, with John Trovich, we installed Corivac heating systems in commercial buildings. And so we did them in huge places. We did it up in the hills of Colorado in the mountains at a gold mine. And this one time we were at this farm. We were, we were putting these heating systems in these warehouses in this farm. And this farm's primary crop was celery. And they would bring us celery. You, I've never eaten celery like that ever in my life. I mean, you just bite into it and it just like melts and dissolves in your mouth. It is so sweet and so good. It was just incredible. I mean, fresh. I know we're all getting hungry. Let's quit and go home and eat or something. I mean, fresh, fresh, like, like freshly picked stuff. When you eat something fresh, you, you can tell the difference between something that's fresh and something that isn't fresh. It's fresh. It's, it's unspoiled. It's, it's, it's uncontaminated, right? And it's, 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 you can taste the, everything in it that just brings out all of uh, you know, the flavors that it's supposed to have. Something fresh and something new. And today, God's, gift, God's gift, gift to us is new things. I mean, he wants us to open up this gift of new things and realize that he is a God who does new things. And when he does, they are fresh and they are original and they are gifts from him to you. I mean, isn't that awesome that, that God is still among us? He loves us. He, he's still pouring out gifts for you. Not just for everyone, not just for the rest of the world, but for you, you know, for you personally. And, and you know, people don't typically like new things. I mean, we like new stuff, right? We like new cars and new houses and new toys. We do like those things, right? Everybody likes that. 
But we don't like change things, right? We don't like to do things differently, right? It's that change thing that people kind of resist. We don't like new things in that way. But oftentimes, the changing of one thing or something uh, brings about like the change of other things for the better. It spurs on new ideas and new thoughts and, and a new view toward many things, oftentimes. And new things are, are intentional. When God does something new, it's intentional. It's never by accident. New things take effort and they take energy. New things. To do something new requires that you do something different. Right? We all know the same. Want to get the same results, just keep doing the same thing you've always been doing. Right? That's insanity, right? But if you want something new, it's going to take some effort. There's a Chinese proverb that says this, pearls don't lie on the seashore. If you want one, you got to dive in. Right? you got to put out some effort. you got to do something for something new to happen. And God is all about new things, whether it's in the past or in the present or in the future. He's all about new things. And if you don't like change or if you don't like new things, not only are you going to be left behind, not only are you going to be left behind in this world, but you're going to be out of touch. And you're going to be miserable here and in eternity because eternity itself is going to be a new thing. God is the God of new things. And, and, and who are we to want to not let God do a new thing? Right? I mean, who are we to even say to resist a new thing? Right? I mean, God is God, right? He can do whatever he wants. This is all his, right? It's his planet. He owns everything. He owns you, he owns me, he owns everything. If he wants to do something new, that's up to him, not up to us. Who are we to stop and stay in the way of God? How many of you uh, own a Bitcoin? Anybody know what a Bitcoin is? Got some financial people in the house. Uh, so we went to Gatlinburg with our family and we talked about Bitcoins. Bitcoins. Uh, most of us, who does, who's never even heard of a Bitcoin? Raise your hand. Okay, so most of us, and uh, me included, Never heard of a Bitcoin. Well, Bitcoins are this new, free, this new currency. It's a digital currency that's kind of sweeping across the world that, that you can buy and sell things without even having money. I mean, you have to buy a Bitcoin with real money. But once you have Bitcoins, it's digital. It's like invisible money. And you can get on Expedia now, and you can buy, uh, like you can get your hotel room or you can got, buy airline tickets with Bitcoins. They're not, even re there's, they're not even physical. Isn't that just the weirdest thing ever? I mean, and these things could, they, they say, could take over the currency market. And what they are doing is it, it, it eliminates the banks. You don't need a bank if you don't have cash. It's all digital. It's all, it's all by your phone to their computer and transaction done. Isn't that nuts? It's like the Jetsons kind of stuff. It's like, what? This is just incredible. This is nuts. And I, let me tell you how, not to push this too far, but my son-in-law, Josh, who's kind of his computer nerd, uh, he, he was talking about this stuff, and he bought, I think he bought uh, $900 worth of Bitcoins uh, in September. And they're, they're such a hot commodity right now that his, uh, his $900 turned into $4,000 as of like this year, the beginning of, or the, in December. Went from $900 to $4,000. So he got his money back out, because you use real money to get these Bitcoins. And then he invested the other $3,000 in Bitcoins. It's crazy. It's nuts. Don't go too far with that. I wouldn't, I wouldn't go out and buy Bitcoins right now, but talk to, talk to Rich over here. He, probably, he knows all kinds of stuff about that. The point is, change is all around us. 
And that's a really wild change, right? That's, that could be crazy. Steve, do you know about Bitcoins? Do you own a Bitcoin? Wouldn't touch it, okay, yeah. Yeah, I asked my brother, he's a financial guy, he said, uh, buyer beware. Yeah. Never know what's gonna happen with that market. Do you own, a, do you own one, uh, Rich? No, didn't buy any. <laughs> That's right. The, the point is, it's all around us, new ideas, new attempts to improve life and how to do things. These things aren't right, you know, biblically right or wrong, they're just part of life. Life changes. We do things differently all the time. And if we don't do new things, life is boring. Life is old. Life gets stagnant. And not all change is good. We get it. But change or doing new things or new things, the concept of new things, is biblical. So make sure you understand that right now, that change or doing new things or doing things differently is biblical. From the beginning of time, God has always done new, th new, uh, new things. And we truly are blessed by new things, even though they're scary, and even though there's mystery and there's uncertainty on what, what, what's going to happen next. It's, it's so much easier just to stand here and do nothing. I get that. But if we're going to live for God, and if we're going to approach 2018 with a, with a fresh new look, we got to be willing to say, God, I'm willing to do new things. Because new things are what God's all about. Let me just refer uh, back to some things that God did in the Old Testament that were new things. Remember, that the, whole, the whole idea of creation is a new thing. Out of nowhere, God decides, I'm going to create this planet and put all these things on it and put people on it. And every day, six days, God was creating for the first time ever a new thing, something totally new from nothing. God made it. Every stroke was the work of art in the hand of God as he, as he created each day and added to each day something that had never been done before that we're aware of. The, the, the words in the beginning actually mean, right, the start of something new to be the first of its kind. In the beginning, God did something new. Aren't you glad? I mean, we wouldn't be here if he didn't. So his, his desire to create the universe and to create this world allowed us to be a part of this thing. In the Old Testament, he did all, new things all the time. And from ancient times, he kept doing new things. Let me share with you some scriptures real quick here. Jeremiah 31, look what this says. The days are coming, says the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with, with the people of Israel. It won't be like the ancient covenant that God made when he led his people out of Egypt. So God promises in Jeremiah that he's going to make a new covenant with his people as he began to work with them. In Isaiah 65, verse 17, it says, See, I create, I create a new heaven and a new earth. The former things will not be remembered, nor will they, be, will they come to mind. And God says, in the future, I'm going to create a new heaven and a new earth. Something new for the first time. Never been done before. Never will happen again. Ezekiel 11 says this, when God promises to bring his people to the land of Israel, he says, I will give them an undivided heart and I will put a new spirit in them. They will be my people and I will be their God. And God talks about putting a new spirit in his people, right? A spirit that would live forever in his people. And Isaiah 42 calls us to sing to the Lord, what? A new song, right? Sing to the Lord, a new song, and that's what we do. We, get, we, we come in here, and we live each day, and we, we want to we be fresh to God. 
We want, we want to come to God in, a, in fresh new ways, and in ways that, that, we, that we have ownership in, that, that it's our personality coming out to God and saying, God, we love you. We're, we're going we're gonna to make attempts anyway to worship you in a new way, to, to show you the honor that you deserve. And Isaiah 43 says this, remember not the former things. Do not dwell on the past. God says, see, I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? So all through the Old Testament, in all of creation, God was doing new things. And all through the ancient days and through the prophet, God says, I'm doing new things. And God, all through the Old Testament, worked through his people and introduced them to new things. He created for us new things. He taught them new things. He looked or he took them to new places and he introduced them to new ideas. He taught with new things, weird things, crazy things, donkeys that talk, bushes that talk, whales that double as submarines, parting the sea, pillars of fire, an ark to save mankind. All through time, God did new things because he's the God of new things. Not just in the olden days either. He wants to continue to do new things, weird and unusual ways that God moved on the planet, all new and bizarre, all never done before, never to be done again, unless, of course, God wants to do something weird and crazy again. And then God can do whatever he wants, right? Look for God to do a new thing for you. If you're looking for God to do something new in your life, something new around you, he will. I'm confident that he will. We worship the God of new things, right? In creation and in ancient times, he's creatively doing something new. And Jesus spoke of new things, right? We get to the New Testament, Jesus spoke of new things. Let me give you a few examples of that. When, when Jesus said, you have heard that it is written, but I say to you, he was changing something, wasn't he? He said, you have heard that it was said in the Old Testament. And then he said, but I say to you. He was making a shift. He was, he was transforming truth. He was introducing a new teaching, and here it was, Matthew 5. You have heard that it was said, an eye for an eye or tooth for a tooth. In other words, somebody pokes your eye out, you get to poke their eye out. Right? That's how it was in the Old Testament. Axel, don't do that to your sister. Okay, we live in a different covenant now. That's If you lived you know, a couple thousand years ago, you could get away with it but we're not under that covenant. He says, but I tell you, verse 39, not to resist an evil person. If someone slaps you on the right cheek, you turn to him the other also. Whoa, that's a change. That's a little shift, isn't it? That's a big shift. I mean, right? In the beginning, you could retaliate. God was working through his people, setting up systems, setting up uh, thought processes and, and how to live and how to work together as people. And then as Jesus came along, it shifted. There was a shift. Something new came about. And when he said, a new commandment I give you, a new commandment, Jesus says, a new commandment I give you, he was changing things, right? He's instituting a new way, a new way to live our lives. Jesus. A new command I give you, he says. Look what he says, John 13. A new command I give you, love one another as I have loved you. So you must love one another. There was a shift, there was a change. He did something new. And when he said, this is the new covenant in my blood, 
This is a new covenant. There were old covenants, but this is a new covenant in my blood. He was creating a new agreement for us to enter into a relationship with the Father through him. Right? Through him. This is a new covenant that Jesus institutes. Luke 22, verse 19, he took bread, he gave thanks, he broke it. He gave it to them saying, this is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood, which is poured out for you. Jesus took old truth and he made them new. He brought newness to even the old teachings of the scriptures. Jesus stirred some things up. Amen to that? He stirred a lot of things up. He transformed critical doctrine that I just shared with you. He confronted religious people. He condensed truth so that people could apply it to life. He made outlandish claims. He used weird objects to teach truth and to perform miracles. He himself is the life-changing savior of the world. That's what he is in the business of. Changing lives, changing souls, transforming people into something different. New things is what he does, or what he does, and what he did. You and I follow a savior of change. New things are his specialty. Right, isn't that good news? God's stamp of new things is all over the place. His thumbprint of doing things new and different is everywhere. It's all over the place, not just in creation, not just in ancient times, not just through the life of Christ, but even in the scriptures. Church read 2 Corinthians 5, 17. It says this, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, how many of you are in Christ? That's right, we're in Christ. You're in Christ? He says, you're a new creation. You're a new creature. You are a new creature. <laughs> how can we resist being new? We are new. Right? To resist being new is to resist what God is doing in our lives. It'd be silly. He says, you're a new creature. The old passed away. Behold, new things have come. New things. We serve a God of new things who makes all things new. Ephesians 4 says this, you were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off what? The old self, right? Get rid of that. Which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires to be made new in the attitude of your minds and to put on a new self, created to be like God in true righteousness and in true holiness, right? We are, we are becoming new as we become more and more like him. And in this new year, God wants to do something new in you. He wants to do something new through you and with you. 2 Corinthians 3.18 says this, But we all, with unveiled faces, beholding or contemplating as in a mirror the glory of the Lord are being transformed. Does that word mean? It means being changed. Changed into the same image from glory to glory, just as from the Lord who is the Spirit. Whether it's creation, whether it's the ancient days, whether it's Jesus, whether it's through the Old Test or the whole New Testament, we find this gift that keeps on going. This gift of newness, this gift of change, this gift of God doing new things. And in the days to come, he will continue to change things. Right? He's not done changing. He's not done doing new things. Don't you be done doing new things. Doesn't matter how young or how old you are, do not be done doing new things. 
Okay, I, I hope that you will make that commitment right now, that you will not allow the world or yourself or anything to press you into this mold where you think it's done, where you think God is done doing new things, because he's not. He's not. He's always been a God of doing new things. Here's three verses in Revelations. You ready? Revelations chapter 2, verse 17. Whoever has ears, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To the one who is victorious, I will give some of the hidden manna. I will also give that person a white stone with a new name written on it, known only to the, the one who receives it. One day, you will receive a whole new life and a whole new name. Because God is the God of doing new things. He's a God of newness. Revelations 21, verse 1 and 2 says this, I saw, in the new, I saw, then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had, what? Gone, passed away. And there, were, there, was, there was no longer any sea. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride, beautifully dressed for her husband. A new heaven and a new earth. That's what we're looking forward to, right? Something new. God's going to do something new. All things new. He makes all things new. He's the God of doing things new. And the, the neatest thing about the newness of God is that it never gets old. You are in God, in Christ. We are always fresh. We are always new. I mean, doesn't that, doesn't that freak you out a little bit? I mean, because everything we know, everything we have gets old. You buy a car, it fades, it gets old, and pretty soon it breaks down, and we take it to David Florin or Aaron, right? And they fix it for us. Right? Everything gets old that we know. But in Christ, in him, everything stays new because it's eternal. It never corrupts, it never gets old, it never spoils, it never molds, it never, uh, dust never like overcomes it, or moss never like eat it away. It's always new, it's always fresh. And in Revelation 21 verse 5 it says this, He who is seated on the throne said, get this, this is the one seated on the throne. This is the one we're going to stand before one day. You know what he says? He says, I am making everything new. Then he said, write this down, for these words are trustworthy and they are true. In other words, they will happen. This is true. Jesus says, I make all things, everything I make new again. The gift of joy, the gift of hope, the gift of grace, all these gifts, the gift of Jesus, and the gift of new things, the gift of this promise and this hope that we have, is why we are blessed. Right? This is why we are blessed. Because of these truths from heaven that God gives to you and me. You know, these solid foundational blocks for our life for now and forever. God gives them to us. And this is why we are blessed. Outside of these things, there's no blessing. It's just a lot of like false living. It's like this front that just looks good for a little while, and, and once you're, you go through it, there's nothing there. right? It's all empty. The world is empty, and everything in it, the only solidness there is, is in the things that God blesses us with. And it's a new year. It's a new year right before us. We're, we're right there, like we're standing on the, the cliff. There it is. The next year, we're about to step into it in a few hours. Right? And we get to decide, am I going to just keep doing what I've always done? Or am I going to jump into this new year with a different attitude? With a sense that God wants to do something new, maybe even in me, around me, through me, in his church, in my family, 
right, in this community, in this world. Maybe, maybe God is just looking for somebody who has a little bit of, like, anticipation that God wants to and God will do something new. So I challenge you to do something new this year. Maybe it's read more. You know, maybe it's pray more. Maybe it's serve more. Maybe it's teach. You know, get involved, teach. Do something new this year. Do something you haven't done in, in a long time or maybe ever. Get involved somewhere. Every one of us can do something. Success comes, someone once said, success comes in over a million flavors. All you have to do is try one. <laughs> right? God wants to do something new, and he's giving us this gift of new things. Aren't you glad? Let's pray. Father, we love you so much. And we're so grateful, God, that you have given us the gift of, of freshness and newness. Today, God, as we, as we prepare to leave here, I pray that you would, you would grab hold of our hearts. Help us to, to go into the next year with a sense of anticipation of, of the things that you could do through us. God, we want to give you more of ourselves. We want to be used by you more, Father. Help us, God, to, to love you, to be used by you, to, to allow you to do whatever it is you want to do, Father, in our lives. We give you all the praise and the glory, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.